0: But playing small ball barely scrapes the surface. If we stop to think about how imposter syndrome has, and for many currently still affecting us, I think we could collectively identify billions in lost productivity. How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz, and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. It's funny how so many of us look at entrepreneurs as bold and courageous and never think about what kind of fears and insecurities are affecting them on a daily basis. Now, I would agree that it definitely takes courage to start your own business. I get that. But courage alone isn't going to make us successful. We need to come into the game willing to learn new skills and overcome unforeseen obstacles from every direction. One of the biggest obstacles I face, and one that I see a lot of my friends and colleagues mention, is often imposter syndrome. It's crazy to think that around 84% of all entrepreneurs and small business owners experience imposter syndrome. 84%. Now, that's according to a survey Kajabi recently did. The same study revealed that one out of five of us are worried about being, quote, found out. And 20% of us feel that our success is due to pure luck. I personally suffered with imposter syndrome for about a decade. I think it was something that was keeping my business from breaking through the $1 million mark for the first time for so long. I say that because I feel that I broke free of it around my 10th year in business, and we broke the $1 million in revenue the next year after sitting around 50, 650 to 750 for a few years. But I don't think we ever get over it 100%. I think it creeps in and out of our lives, especially in times of struggle and when we approach big, audacious goals. Before we talk about how to overcome imposter syndrome and uncover your full potential, I think it's important to discuss what it is. I did some research and found out that while it cripples hundreds of thousands of business owners in ways we can't measure, it still isn't recognized as an official mental disorder. I'm not sure why that is, but I think someone in the mental health industry needs to hop on that immediately because I think it's costing the U.S. alone billions of dollars of unrealized productivity. But I digress. Imposter syndrome presents itself in a few different ways, which I'm sure is unique to each of us. Mine came in many ways, but the biggest were self-doubt and being a fraud. I also had perfectionist tendencies, negative thoughts, and spouts of burnout. I thought it was all due to a lack of self-confidence, which I'm sure is one of the root causes, but that was just a symptom of a bigger problem. Come to find out that all of these feelings fall under the umbrella of imposter syndrome. Looking back, I can now see some of the major effects it had on my entrepreneurial career, firstly, It kept me playing small ball for way too long. Actually, it's what facilitated me growing my first agency broke. I didn't think I or my business was worth billing what other agencies were charging. I thought I had to pay my dues and be in business longer to charge more. I also thought that since we dealt primarily with small businesses, we shouldn't charge what we were worth. And in hindsight... It was all nonsense, and it cost me tens of millions of dollars over the first 13 years of business. But playing small ball barely scrapes the surface. If we stop to think about how imposter syndrome has, and for many currently still affecting us, I think we could collectively identify billions in lost productivity, revenue, profits, and time. And time is the biggest loss because we can never earn back that Time, which is why I think it's tragic that imposter syndrome isn't medically recognized. But there's no sense wasting more time feeling sorry for ourselves. It's time for us to stop giving into it. For me, I thought overcoming imposter syndrome would come after years of being recognized by organizations and associations within my industry, like the American Market Association and the Chamber of Commerce, along with winning Goldie Awards and three Telly Awards and Aurora Awards for media production and all of those things. But even when I received the Marketer of the Year and Visionary Marketer of the Year awards in back-to-back years, I still wasn't convinced not even hitting my first $2 million year did it. I mean, they all helped for a little bit, but my symptoms immediately resurfaced us any time a client wasn't happy or an employee left to work for a bigger firm. I definitely didn't do myself any favors taking a mid five-figure salary so I could invest back into my company and not take care of myself first. The thing is, everyone was telling me how successful I was. But for some reason, I refused to believe them. It's a crazy thing now that I think about it. I constantly put myself out there as a confident leader and shared all the successes me and my team were having while secretly felt like I was going to be ousted as a fraud. I, I, I don't understand it, but for whatever reason, that's what happened. And it was those fears and anxieties that kept me from paying myself what I was worth taking care of myself as I should have and passing on tens of millions of dollars in unrealized potential for my company. It's sad. So how do we get past this fake it till you make it mentality? Well, I did some research again, and there are a lot of books out there that talk about the subject. But with the short time we have today, I'm going to cover four steps you can take to curb your imposter syndrome. First step, is to understand what it is and how it affects you. Again, there's a lot of information out there to consume on the topic, but I keep seeing psychiatrist Dr. Pauline Rose Clance come up as a leader and expert on the subject. She has a book on the subject called Imposter Phenomenon. That may be a great place for you to start. The second step is to overcome perfectionism, which I think most entrepreneurs have when starting their business. They think everything has to be perfect in order to be successful. Well, apparently, perfectionism and imposter syndrome go hand in hand. As a perfectionist, you hold yourself to the highest of standards, which you would think is a good thing, but in reality paralyzes you with fear of failure and causes analysis paralysis, among many other issues. Holding a perfect bar over your head isn't really sustainable and will burn you out if you don't lower your bar to something more manageable. Over time, perfectionism has a snowball effect, so taming it sooner than later is the key to getting a handle on imposter syndrome. The next step is to start celebrating your wins. Celebrate the little wins. The more you can celebrate, the less you can criticize. In my Thanksgiving episode, I talked about appreciation and an exercise to help you become more grateful for what you have. I think the same exercise can be applied here. At the end of each workday, take a moment to find three things to celebrate. None of them have to be significant, so no win is too small. But you can't repeat a win from day to day. At the end of the month, you will have 60 wins written down. I challenge you to review them with yourself and then with your team. I think focusing on what is going right helps drown out the negative self-talk about what could go wrong. This helps build confidence over time and I think puts everyone in your office in a much more productive headspace. So it's a win-win. The last step is being vocal and honest with yourself and others. Going back to the survey Kajabi did, their CMO explained, quote, Imposter syndrome can be such a heavy subject and barrier to success for many. And since it's perceived as taboo by many, people dealing with imposter syndrome simply don't feel comfortable talking about their struggles with it. The biggest downside is feeling isolated and as though you don't have a community to turn to or resources or how to move past it, end quote. I think having a sounding board or many sounding boards in your life can be very beneficial. You can use them to talk about your anxieties and flush out your thoughts before revealing them to your colleagues, maybe your professional inner circle, and maybe even your employees. Talking about your feelings, talking about my feelings has always been very therapeutic for me. And I think most psychologists would agree that getting things off your chest is much better than holding it all inside. Now, it's important to keep in mind, you will never completely be rid of imposter syndrome. It's kind of like being an addict in that you can relapse at any time. I find it creep back in my life when I start making really big goals for myself. It's like a limiter on my own perceived potential that pipes up when I start thinking past my known capabilities. But now I use it to my advantage when I start getting those negative self-limiting thoughts. I just slow down for a moment, do a self-check on the opportunity, and make sure I've covered my bases before launching full bore into whatever BHAG I am pursuing. It's helped identify holes in my plans once or twice over the last few years even, which to be honest, would have cost me a lot of grief had I not done the gut check. Once you have ousted imposter syndrome, you will find that you make bigger goals on tighter timelines. You present yourself with more confidence, which wins you more points in negotiations, sales, and leading your team. Being free from the daily negative vibes makes you a happier person overall, which has made me a more giving person, a better partner to my wife, and a closer friend to those I care about. I think I appreciate what I have more now. Before, successes were mile markers that passed by like those on the highway. Now I savor them and find ways to learn from them as much as I would a failure, which makes my failures win too. So now I'm always winning. Let that sink in for a second. We are a product of our own thoughts. We have a choice to look at a glass half empty or a glass half full. I don't necessarily believe in fate and think that we make our own destinies one thought at a time. So it's our responsibility as entrepreneurs to take the leaps of faith that others won't. So we owe it to ourselves to be free of ropes made of doubt and fear from holding us down. if you haven't already subscribe to the you are buzzworthy podcast so you can get the latest shows as they drop every tuesday and thursday and we'd also love to hear your feedback so leave a review when you get a chance and until next time stay buzzworthy